G'day, friends of the show. Welcome to a teaser episode, a peek behind the paywall, so to speak. Here is just a short segment of some of the bonus content that you will receive when you become a super friend of the show. You do so by heading to ideasdigest.org, clicking subscribe, supporting the show, and you will get access to full-length interviews, breakdowns of those interviews with Matt and myself. We share some opinions and some thoughts and what topics we may cover in the future here on Ideas Digest. So last week, I released an episode for friends of the show here on politics. Politics, it turns out, is not the most popular thing, but it is certainly one of the most divisive things we have in society today. It divides families at Christmas, long-term friends, uh, random people on Facebook. It is... it. I mean, it's the epicenter of a lot of arguments, so I can't shy away from it, especially with the Australian election happening or just happened. Here's a sneak peek at two episodes I released for the super friends of the show. Take a listen. If you enjoy it and want to support the show, head over to become a super friend. If for whatever reason you can't do that, you can support the show by leaving us a review on iTunes and just personally recommending us to friends. Hey, you listen to Ideas Digest. Wow, what a great show. Oh, Thanks for this great show. You're such a good friend. Thank you and enjoy. Now, if you were to, so this collective agreement upon a couple of policies that would benefit a, like large swathes of the everyman, what would yeah. those policies be? If you could pick two or three that would help the greatest amount of, let's just say Australians. That's, See, yeah. And, that, and that's where I would say I'm very open to to being sold some policies from someone coming from a right issues or left issues. I'm, I'm open to the data on these sorts of things because it, me, white dude, comfortable, income slipping. Like I feel myself like clinging into that middle class there. I'm like, geez, I really got to like, you know, inflation's like boosting and my teacher wage freaking sucks because teachers aren't valued. And I'm like, geez, this sucks. So, but, but it's still kind of okay. So I, the things I'm going to pitch are like very conceptual abstract but then you know someone of indigenous population women uh, like getting like raped in parliament house and these massive like they're gonna be like no no we need to solve violence now because i'm freaking facing violence now so that's where i guess politics becomes complicated and i suppose with like the issues i'm gonna pitch like i've already kind of pitched them it's like we need these systems need to function before we can do anything. So we just have to get money out of politics because it's not serving us. They're serving corporations. That's just fact. Um, and two, we need corruption out because that allows them to take money. So Australia specifically needs a federal ICAC and America as well. You just need to get corporate funding out. Like Amazon has 80 full or more 80, like full-time lobbyists in Washington writing legislation that gets passed by these congressmen. Like they literally hand it to them and say, here you go. And they go, okay, cool. And then pass it on. Like, that, that's what I would pitch as an issue, but I'm obviously open to someone saying, well, actually, that can't be solved until the media landscape gets solved because people believe that these private corporations are our saviors. They believe that if we cut taxes for the very wealthy and they don't pay tax, that it's going to trickle down to us. They believe that. Um, yeah, if we just let Elon Musk make a ton of tunnels, everything will be better. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, like he pays too much tax, guys. Like he 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 needs more billions to invest in rockets yeah. because maybe in fifty years some of that tech will trickle down to us. Maybe that's true. That has happened. So um, he needs yeah. to treat his workers worse. Come on, guys. <laughs> so I don't know that. I don't I don't know if there's there's a silver bullet, but I, I guess I'm trying to export a 
Well, it sounds like those three things are a silver bullet: media diversity, money out of politics, and corruption. Because if you yeah, but that doesn't fig- solve for the woman getting beaten by a husband that doesn't have support in these systems and structures like that. Who gives? If you're her, who cares? That's that's fair. I yeah, mean, it's that's the struggle. I mean, if you were to pick three to help the most amount of people over a long span of time, um, I mean, well, you could argue that media diversity would support that anyway, because when you know the Liberal Party didn't want to do anything about um, all the uh, sexual assault in Parliament, the media kind of helped pull our eyes away from that onto other things. So, I mean, I'm just arguing for the sake of arguing at the moment, but. Um, I think those three things are great. You could really boil down a lot of issues when you're talking to a lot of people about you could convince them on one of the three at least, surely. Mm. Yeah. I would agree that that's, the, that that's a pretty valuable emphasis to integrate into, into conversations. Like I'm definitely going to be experimenting with that. It kind of reminds me a bit of, um, what's the term, street epistemology, like, like um, engaging in conversation with people not about Uh, a policy or a hot button issue necessarily, but in a very human conversational way of relating to common ground, looking more for common ground than opinion necessarily. Mm. And I think another thing that I, that I've kept thinking about throughout this entire conversation is we're talking a lot about, you know, corrupt, um, the corruption of money being in, in media and money being in government. And I think another thing that I find myself thinking about a lot is it's us, the mass people, funding the money because to my way of thinking i'm just thinking off the top of my head right now um our nervous systems are being manipulated to Mm. we'll use the term clickbait um to keep our dollars going and the way we keep giving over our money is because we're getting neurological hits of Mm. um anxiety and horror like i was just talking with a friend the other day about how Mm. if i look at my instagram feed or my twitter feed uh, we'll just stick with Instagram for now. I'll see something on, you know, here's why you should be outraged about this. And this happened to this innocent black man. And, you know, we, if you're not angry, you're part of the problem. And then I'll see three tips to incorporate mindfulness into your life. These are both targeting our nervous system and our, and our self-regulation of our nervous system. And when we're not aware that that's what's happening, I think we're, we're, our, our nervous systems are doing this yo-yo of like, get angry and get upset. And also hmm. self-care Sunday, hashtag, <laughs> you know? And so it's a very interesting double message that I think we're getting that I've been keenly aware of lately. I've just been observing it everywhere I look. And certainly in this conversation, like I said, it's been in the back of my mind the yeah. whole time. It's like, it's easy to blame the media and blame the government, but who keeps them there? We do with our money and our attention. Why do we keep giving them our money and our attention? Because we're being manipulated Program. overtly or covertly to yeah. to keep doing so because our nervous systems are essentially being hacked and if yeah. we could be more mindful of when that's happening and noticing like oh i want to click and read this article because i like juicy gossip you know or, Ooh, mm. what happened you know it's like it's like it's um it's like i can catch myself being like oh you know like mm. i hmm that no, that's actually probably not going to make me feel good. It's probably not going to tell me anything mm. I need to know. Um, I think one of the takeaways that I'm going to experiment with coming out of this conversation here with you gentlemen is um, in addition to looking to what you said, Conrad, about uh, focusing on asking people, what's the outcome you'd like to see um, is also a, I guess, just, just 
inviting conversation more about how do we recognize when our nervous systems are being triggered, when our anxiety and our fears about immigration or things are being deliberately triggered so that we click on the thing to then get the advertising money to, to go to the media thing that we're clicking on. I don't know. I think that money is definitely a big part of it and is part of the corruption. But I think equally, we need to be looking at what's giving them our money, us, why are we giving them our money, even when we can intellectually see like, this isn't good to give them our money, yet we keep doing it. It's because we're being hijacked. I think that's just a theory that I'm throwing out there that I've been thinking about a lot lately. I'm going to, can I push back on that a little bit? I'm going to, yes. I'm going to make the case for, um, I, you see that as like, where part, part of the problem, that's what I'm hearing. But I mm. see it as they're taking advantage of us and they are still the problem. I would agree, I except that. I think that they're not going to change. So it has to become our problem if we're going to want, if we're the ones who are going to take responsibility for it changing. And maybe that includes holding them accountable, as it were, being mm. like, uh, I, I do think that if um, they're the ones who are manipulating and hijacking us, let's just say, so I can agree with you there. But I think we cannot expect them to be the ones to change. So if we're going to be the ones to change, we have to make it our problem and take an element of responsibility. Is how I would see it. I, what do you think? I, I I agree that taking personal responsibility for that is all well and good, but I think it just doesn't change anything. Nothing changes. It changes for you <laughs> and you alone. But if there's <laughs> going to be any sort of sweeping change, and look, I'm not arguing that destroy all advertisers, but the, the <laughs> landscape that we're in is part of the fact that they've done the research into the human psyche and what triggers us and what makes us click more and all those sorts of things. The humanity is not going to magically change. The only thing that could change is if, oh, things like regulations and things that they can and can't do. Um, but we're all getting into weird advertising space, which I don't really know too much about. But yeah, it's similar to the to the climate change thing. I can recycle, but me recycling literally does nothing. It needs to be large, sweeping governmental changes on a national level for anything to change. So it, mm. I, that, I see it like that as well. Do, do you think there's an argument, just, just to play here, do you think there's an argument to be made that it must start with the individual and that when you gain enough momentum and awareness and um, motivation from enough individuals that puts enough pressure on these bigger conglomerates to change? Um, Yes, I, I kind of I'm trying to hold both at the same time. So mm -hmm. when people do care about something a lot, you have yeah protests. We had climate protests in Australia. Um, so of course people do care, and it, and it would seem like or oh, they're also doing the right things that they can do. But when you are protesting people like companies, they care about profit. They don't really give a shit. If it's in their best interest, they will do it. If it's in their best interest, they will cancel an employee, which they do because it's in their best interest to make more money. Uh, but back to climate, we're protesting the government to do something. Um, but, but And you can have a whole lot of people protesting, but unless the government does something, like we're kind of... Right. You know, like it, it has to then be... How do you make the government change? Like what does... Well, you got to vote in, you, you got to vote for the policies and outcomes that you want. you got to vote for the, the, the people that represent your values. And then... Which is which is largely Hope to God they get in. It's largely ineffective because what happens is those politicians aren't beholden to our votes. They're beholden to the donors that keep them in power. And therefore and the electoral you electoral college. <laughs> and, and if you're American, an electoral college. <laughs> um, 
And I, I think you have perfectly demonstrated, if I'm to observe from the window looking in at the fish tank, uh, the exact difference between, if I'm to categorize and stereotype both of you, between the conservative and the liberal. The, the conservative, which you will be playing that role, Alice, is a strong believer in individual accountability, individual responsibility. And the liberal, as Christian may occupy in this example, is the collective. We need to come together and these problems are too big for the individual. But I think both of you, where you're kind of landing, because you, you, you have a foundational agreement on we want to move like democracy forward, we want to have better outcomes, all those things, you go... You, you, Christian's saying, listen, I'm leaning towards more of the camp where like policy has to change this. And Alice is going, I'm, I'm really focusing on the individual. And I think ultimately it's both of those things. Mm-hmm. It's just your leaning will be, you know, um, you're leaning kind of like either liberal or conservative just based on like, I'm a really big believer in individual responsibility. And I think, I think ultimately you never want to find the cop-out middle where it's like, oh, it's always in the middle because that's not necessarily the case. But in this, it's like there is both the combination of the individual taking responsibility. Alice, it sounds like the journey you're outlining and you may not like me for categorizing it in this way. But I think it's it's what I would categorize as the spiritual journey. It's this journey mm. of what is triggering inside of me? What are these ghosts inside of me that this algorithm is sticking its finger into that's driving me to feel insecure to then spend money? What is this work I can do to become mindful and aware of my triggers, these points, my background, my upbringing? And I think, you know, spirituality or religion at its best can help us take stock of what's happening inside so that we can observe the the, the triggers and buttons being pushed as this algorithm and this artificial intelligence is programmed to shift our behavior. So we have to almost program ourselves in this, what I think self-programming I think could be categorized as a spiritual programming being like, how, how do I operate as a human and be aware of these forces um, impacting on me? But then Christian is kind of like, yeah, it's ultimately I'm focusing on the big picture. I think we need to get a policy in place because if we regulated these companies and these algorithms and we made them accountable, made them put a label on the back of that algorithm saying, hey, you're reading Facebook, bang, here's what we prioritize, watch time above all else. Then I at least know what you're wanting me to do from these things. Here's what we're programming, bang, these are our advertisers. If they had to like on the back of a can of beans, what's in it? Um, Maybe that would solve the algorithm from manipulating our behavior. So it's like you're both looking for the same outcome but you, you're coming at it from just going, oh, I, you're both championing a solution and saying this might work, this might work. And in this scenario, I think you're exactly both probably pointing out different aspects of the same complex thing that need to be addressed and, and understood. Um, I like to think that? that both and probably other other approaches too are mm. necessary because, um, Christian, your approach is going to speak to so many people. And I know my approach would also speak to so many people. And so I think we really not not to like do the cop out of like, oh, it's in the middle. But like I I genuinely see a time and place for both and probably other additional approaches, because Mm -hmm. I do think and here's you're absolutely right, Conrad, that if we are looking at a solution outcome motive and if we keep that in the forefront of our awareness, (laughs) me as an individual, keeping that in the forefront of my awareness, um, when I go into conversations and dialogues like this, it will um, I think it can only help speak to the vastness of variety of different types of people and their their operating systems and how how what matters to them. And so I don't know. I and yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you, Conrad. That um, when I hear spiritual, my inner translator goes psychological. 
Because what spirituality and psychology to me have in common is introspection. Mm -hmm. It's an introspective Mm -hmm. journey. I don't mind if someone wants to call it a spiritual journey. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I don't believe in spirits, I would secularize it to it's a psychological (laughs) journey. Um, But but it's, again, the same outcome. The result is that I'm looking inward and examining and and really sitting with myself and thinking and and uh, taking responsibility um, yeah. because I want to, because that feels empowering to me. That feels more mm-hmm. empowering to me than trying to change policy, which because mm-hmm. I'm ignorant about hope. it, I don't know how to change policy. It gives me more hope because it puts a little bit more power in my hands of like, I can change myself and I can change the conversations that I have with the people around me, mm-hmm. some of whom are way better informed about how to change actual policy than mm-hmm. me. And so that's a, I don't know, that's... That's what I'm taking away from That's a good this. pitch really for the individual. <laughs> it kind of gives hope. Christian, you're frigging hopeless. That's why you're hopeless. You're like, oh, okay, let's do that. That's why. We've, we've well, no, you're actually, you're actually onto something there, Conrad. I know you're joking, but it's almost like the, uh, the, well, the eight stages of grief or whatever it is. And I'm just at this point of acceptance of just like, well, yeah, I can do everything I can, but it will literally change nothing. And we're still going to teeter towards climate catastrophe. Um, <clears throat> doesn't matter what I do. It's... Yeah, I'm just farting well, into think, the wind. Like it doesn't make any as, difference at all, which is so depressing and hopeless. Mm. Um, and so that's why I just kind of don't give a shit about personal responsibility because it feels great yeah. for the individual. And I don't want to take that away from everyone. Um, but I'm at the stage of my life as a 35 year old man. I just don't. I'm just over it. Just like, OK, unless we vote someone in that gives a shit. It ain't nothing's changing. So and I that think makes sense. I think ultimately that is the tension that you that we have to hold as humanity and i just watched don't look up which i'm sure you've both watched yep i've seen yeah. it yeah i, I think it. that did it win perfectly. an academy award i think or nominated for one Maybe. that blows my mind it's nominated for best picture yeah really um, i mean it was good it wasn't best picture jeez <laughs> movie reviews with christian it's like, um, yeah, <laughs> this isn't shape of water like come on guys. Listen, Leonardo DiCaprio, he was good, but, you know, I've seen better. Um, he wasn't fighting any bears in this film, so. <laughs> getting destroyed by one. Um, I think I think that movie perfectly sums up the, the ultimate in it. Like, it, it, it comes back to the practical, how do I live my life? How do I move forward with both the nihilism that you're pointing out, Christian, and the pragmatism that you're talking about, Alice, of being like, I'm just going to move forward because I, I have hope. That my individual, as an individual, will make some difference. And Christian's like, look at the look at the stats. It ain't happening. So I'm giving up. I think you have to hold like the human journey. And I'm going to use a triggering word for Alice again because I think it's if I'm trying to reframe words for people, I'm trying to be like this word is useless. Let's let's Go for it. take I'm it good. to what I think is closer to a more helpful thing. I think that's the. That's the what somewhat without referencing a literal spirit that Alice is kind of talking about. I think that's the spiritual journey of a human, that character that is summed up in every friggin' movie we watch. Oh, Armageddon's coming. There's only one man. I'm gonna stand and fight anyway, no matter if I lose. Like that that's the essence that is captured in every lame action film. It's the inner Bruce Willis, you know what I mean? The inner Bruce Willis. The human, despite all odds, will try regardless, except that in all these movies, Bruce Willis triumphs and all all these movies, the Transformers win and save the planet and Superman, all that, like, we have, we're telling ourselves this myth that the individual does matter and it will change. I think what Don't Look Up really got was the realistic nihilism of this situation that we are faced with, but that spirit continues, that human drive, what all of them did, they know it's not working, they're looking at the end, they don't have time, 
just freaking look up everybody and don't look up, don't look up. And it's like, they're just looking at it. And then in the end, they're sitting at a table, enjoying a meal, enjoying it. Why bother? The world's about to end. And what are they talking about? How was your day? Oh, that was really good. They're connecting on that human level. And despite the inevitable, terrible end, the human condition is to drive towards that hope regardless of outcome. So it's like that I think the spiritual journey and where religion at its best, which I don't see it very often in many uh, aspects, and it could be non, it could be secular religion, it could be anything that fits this category of how do I as a human make space within myself to hold both the tension of nihilism that Christian's talking about, the hopelessness that we can't get these corrupt corporations out of politics so it's going to be a cancer on our society and ultimately destroy and kill millions of people, whilst also waking up every single day trying to become mindful about the ways I'm being manipulated, trying to make decisions that can, in a grain of sand into the ocean, like rise the tide a little bit on going, I'm going to just, you know, I'm just going to switch off my lights. I know it's freaking you, so I'm going to switch it off. I'm just going to like, you know, share this video into the abyss of the social media being like, maybe we could care about this. I'm just going to be vegetarian because you know what? Maybe my less meat consumption might reduce carbon uh, and methane so i think that ultimately is the hardest thing how do i which i'm not sure i do have space in myself for both those things and still go through life without wanting to kill myself it's That's it's a space yes well said very special conrad well done I got what I wanted Bit of ego validation Peace out guys Thanks for listening to me This is what I do I just go Hey everybody Want to do a podcast with me? Listen to me for an hour Talk about my ideas That have been in my head And then Compliment me Thank you Now that was good Holding them both at the same time Like I recognise In that The the, the nihilistic attitude That I have Of who bloody cares anymore Um, There there is some I need to meet it in the middle Because it's really not going to be good For my mental health in In the long run So um, and you, yeah, I agree yeah, with you. You've, you've looked at it. Yeah. No, that both, both of you have touched on this. And this is, and I know Conrad, I think in previous podcasts, we've talked about this before. Like, I think at the end of the day, we all have to live with ourselves or not live. So we're all trying <laughs> yeah. to like, my, my cynical worldview is we're all just trying to avoid the fear and meaninglessness, the fear of death and the meaninglessness of life. And so we distract mm-hmm. ourselves with different things. Some of us distract ourselves with sex, gambling, religion, um, child rearing, you know, we all pick our favorite distractions, Netflix. Yeah. And I think that, um, it is, it is about holding that tension of like, oh man, like, do I, we know we might be defeated, but do we try anyway? If it makes Mm. us feel more like wanting to live, then yes, Mm. we try anyway. If it makes us feel more like wanting to live to not even try, then we do that. I think at the end of the day, it's a survival instinct. Again, maybe that's just my individuation Mm -hmm. bias going at it again. But I do think that um, certainly for myself, that's been the case. And that's kind of what I would translate hearing from from each of you. Mm. And and I think to bring it to that political level, I think at the core, that is everybody, whether they real whether we realize it or not. And I think ultimately, I think that's the big harm in the Christian doctrine of total human depravity. Like humans are just shit. I think the harm is that then you assume about others that they're just terrible and you know, innately evil. Whereas I think from that, it's like, well, if I'm trying to hold this tension and these tensions are hard and life is hard and I'm trying to inebriate from all the pain and the suffering that I'm causing... If that's me, why is that not everybody? And why is this fighting not a poor 
adaptive response to my anxiety and fear that is being programmed into me because it's profitable. And I think from that point, that might be the grace necessary to listen to your parents, Christian, to, to like have grace for those people who trigger us in all the right ways is like they, well, that, there, that there's some people there's some things you just shouldn't talk about for the sake of relationship <laughs> and maybe that's the solution yeah it's yeah. like no self-care and will to live involve boundaries for sure times and that's places right. yes, and people yes, well every now that there's times and places <laughs> yes well it is very well said alice so i think one thing i want to just drop at the end here and i was meant to come to it ages ago but i found this awesome website everybody that everyone should know about called media bias factcheck.com have you heard of, i've linked it to you christian have you heard of it alice no media bias factcheck.com no media bias factcheck.com give me a news source i'm going to search it what's give us an american news outlet uh the new york post all right oh that's a good one new york post Oh, I spelt it wrong. Oh, it found it anyway. Okay, New York Post. Let us see. It is. <clears throat> oh, it's got like a scale. So it's got a extreme, right, right center, least biased, left center, left extreme. So it's got that spectrum. Then beneath it, it has uh, factual reporting, very low, low, mixed, mostly factual, high, very high. So it measures factual accuracy and the bias spectrum on what kind of issues it reports on. Um, the New York Post has been rated as between right center and right. So it's quite right. And then the factual uh, reporting measurement is mixed. So if you go down to, it, ha- it lists failed fact checks. So it just lists a few stories. Um, Oh, that's really precise. That, it, that it's failed on its fact checks, and that's kind of it. Kind of shows it's working out as to how it got to this sort of thing. Analysis in in bias in review. New York Post tends to publish stories utilizing sensationalist headlines with emotionally loaded words. For example, cop cold cocks unarmed man acting irate at restaurant. Um, yeah, so that that's a new, give us one, Christian. Um, Breitbart. <laughs> we all know where that's going. <laughs> but interested, I'm right, interested right. to know how factual it is. It is on, and then the I'd like ex- to know the times. Extreme right. Um, it is labelled questionable source, and it is mixed also. So it's just above low. It's low and then mixed. So if you go down to failed fact checks, got the list of it there. Uh, it says. Overall, we rate Breitbart questionable based on extreme right-wing bias, the publication of conspiracy theories and propaganda, as well as numerous false claims. And it's cited a few different things there. Um, analysis. Breitbart consists of various sections called big government, big journalism, big Hollywood, national security, tech, sports, and wired. Breitbart uses sensationalized, emotionally loaded language, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So I think we knew. Just put a big in front of anything and it's a big, massive entity. Wow. okay so i have to ask though who made this website who's funding this website and like by what metrics are they measuring like left and right is it an algorithm that looks for certain keywords or do do we know any about that doesn't doesn't look like i did look at um uh, a 
It has a section that says like re-evaluated sources, which is actually interesting. Um, so it gives the date on when it was evaluated. I I'm unsure. Um, I'm looking at a chart right now. It said it's um, it has its working out there on how it categorizes certain things. Mm. Um, An easy way to check would just be if you look at other websites that do similar things, and if they're all pretty similar, then you'd 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 hope they're not all in cahoots with each other, but um, (laughs) that'd give you some idea. It looks like Associated Press, Reuters, the Weather Channel. That's uh, on my list of neutral which is good to know that the weather uh, is remaining neutral <laughs> in these times. <laughs> neutral. Um, I found it knows funding. we have enough. Yeah. Funding says... What's the funding? Uh, 55% advertising. Uh, Fabric relies on third-party advertising, Google AdSense, Neural. We use third-party advertising. Um, so that, you know, that can be an incentive. I mean... It, you know, you can't advertising. That, can like, always. what does that even mean? It's like, well, it, it's just, it's just, it, it may get more traffic for posting certain things. That's the thing it needs to, like, you always have to be aware of with almost everything. Um, yeah, I know, but you can spin like membership. The, it's fees? hard to make any judgment calls on that because you can spin it any way. Like, you could also membership look at it just fees? like, oh, well, it's in their best interest to be factual. Like, yeah, but you want to be, yeah, that's right. You want to be aware of it because you know, a, a YouTube guy like a, my Ben Shapiro example. That's like. He, he he gets more hits and it's like it's oh audience capture that's what it's called audience capture is the thing you become beholden to if your money comes from your audience your audience want a certain thing it's very difficult to not want to give them what they want um, so that's a that's a very real thing to be aware of so yeah it's advertising isn't the greatest I would argue um, funding thing but yes you're like, you're right Christian I think it can go either way it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad um, bec- um, so. Membership fees make up 41%. So it's half membership, half advertising, which I think changes the dynamic a lot. Um, and then 4% donations uh, with Patreon offer. Blah, blah, blah. So 4% is just people. We do not. Okay, here you go. We do not accept money from corporations, business, foundations, think tanks, politicians, or political parties. Um, the maximum donation. The Bernie Sanders of media bias. Well, while while we don't we do not limit how much one chooses to donate, the maximum donation they've ever received was hundred and fifty dollars. Jeez. If we ever receive a donation over a thousand dollars, we'll list it on the page. Well, I'm sure they'll wow. list that one donation that they haven't gotten. <laughs> um so yet you'd have to fact check that and be like, Oh, how do you know that they're not just lying? Fair point. This is as far as I've gone. <laughs> it, it seems like the information's pretty good. Um, well, it's sort of a bottomless answer too. sort of like, how do you know when you know, how do you know when you've reached the yes. end of the rabbit trail? You know, like it's, I don't know, maybe that's my way of being lazy, but yes. yeah, that's right. You have to eventually call it at some point. And for those Australian listeners who uh, want to hear what the ABC is, because that's the first thing I went, I'm like, man, is it? So the ABC, Australia, Australian Broadcasting, something, whatever the C stands for, communication, I don't know. Um, Australian okay. Broadcasting Corporation. Corporation, okay. Isn't it? it is left of centre. So it's like one half a notch. It's between left centre and least biased. So it's slightly centre left. And its factual reporting grade is high. So it's not very high, but it's high. So it's green. So it says uh, these media... Um, 
sources have a slight to moderate liberal bias. They often public, uh, publish factual information that utilizes loaded words sometimes um, oh, to favor liberal causes, not capital liberal party causes. These sources are generally trustworthy. Trustworthy. Oh, no, that's just about the left center bias. Uh, then you hey, what's um, what's there. the highest quality, most center Australian news? Uh, Four corners or I, something? Oh, yeah. I can think, you search that way? Uh, you, you can go like least biased. These sources have minimal bias and use very few loaded words. Uh, it's alphabetical. Uh, so like you can get a list of You don't just have a chart biased. or something? Because uh, I've, I've just Googled some charts and it kind of fits in with what you're saying. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find the website, but if you want to... I don't know if there's a... I'm sure there is maybe a way to be like most accurate Australian. Have you, Conrad, like have you heard of Michael West Pearls and Irritations? It's like apparently some I, Australian news publication and it's like super I've high quality of, and in center. Never heard of it. I've heard of Michael West. Uh, he's not actually on here because he's an independent journalist. I've never heard of... Yeah, is Pearls it, is it Michael irritation. West? Yeah, just Michael West, yeah. In like Times New Roman font or whatever. Yeah, okay. Um, no. I've never heard of it. It's just here. So what... Yeah, what charts do you have uh just um just a basic as australian media but i just googled australian media bias chart and just started looking at some <laughs> of them yeah so yeah have a have a they're all super similar was, i thought that was a useful tool to be like anytime someone quotes a news article now because like it'll be stuff that i haven't heard of like russell brand will be talking about a story and i'm like oh what are they like? And I'm like, oh, okay. And then you just know kind of how to take it. Like, are they, have they been known for being factual? Oh, okay. They, they have been known for being factual. Are they, you know, le- least factual? Because I'd be stoked. I would actually like to find a right-leaning, very factual news outlet. I don't know how to filter this website to find it, but I'm going to... Well, I mean, that d- d- there's not even a, mind. like... The more factual you are, it's almost the more center you are. That's kind of how it works. Um... Because as soon as you have bias, you're becoming less factual. Well, no, because if you are very factual on left-leaning issues, you would sit left. So Is that how they track it? Because it seems like, based on what you were saying, if they use that's how they track terminology. It. But if you that's look at... Track if center's in the middle, it's like a pyramid. The more center, the higher you are up the factual scale. That's... Like, I'm just looking at literally... I think that's a trend. I don't think that's... A, a hard rule i think that's generally the trend yes but you you i think the thing is you either tip to one either side i think that's what's happening you either tip and go oh these issues are important like um, we're going to report on climate a lot and i think that's obviously going to be the case um, because people think climate's very important and you could argue that the centrist position is that it's the most important because economy matters employment matters environment matters pollution matters like you know, right conservative conservatives should love cl- like being helping climate change because that's the conservative position. Conserve the economy, the environment, all of these things. You know, that could be argued as a conservative position. It's just been triggered the fact that it's not. So, this is dealing with that current paradigm. I think. You gonna say Fair something enough. else? Oh no. No, okay. I'm almost out of time. FYI. Yeah. No worries. Um. Yeah. I think. 
we can we'll we'll just leave it there. Thanks for thanks for listening to me for a couple of hours, guys. It's been great to explore these ideas that have been running around in my head for a while as I try and think why how why can we connect on politics? Is this beyond the scope of human possibility? So thanks.